Hello, welcome to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Encounter is a co-production of EWTN Radio, St. Gabriel Radio, and aired across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. My name is Patrick Rice. I'm joined in studio with my good friend, co-host, and brother in Christ, Dan Demite. What's up, Patrick? Dan, I'm really excited, uh, as always, but especially we have an interesting show. Oh. Now, listeners, you know that uh, Encounter Radio is, is, is a radio show. We, we bring you these awesome testimonies. But very, very rarely do we talk about the personal ministries that we run. Dan with Catholic Youth Summer Camp and myself with Encounter Ministries. And today we have um, one of our staff members from Encounter Ministries that is going to be sharing their testimony. Oh, great. And also give you guys an opportunity to see a little bit more like what Encounter Ministries does um, through the testimony of Chris Finneman. So before we go into that, Dan, can you lead us in prayer? Yes, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, we pray that you would do something new in our listeners' life. We just uh, proclaim new life over our listeners in the next hour. God, I pray for transformation of the mind and the heart, transformation of the lifestyle. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, I just uh, pray that your goodness would fall on all of our listeners' ears in, in this next uh, hour, Lord. Come Holy Spirit. Just renew the hearts of your faithful. And Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that um, the witness to Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. And Lord, I just declare that you died on the cross, not just to forgive us of our sins, uh, but you died on the cross that we could have the same kind of intimate relationship with the Father that you enjoyed. So Lord, I pray that there be renewal of our minds, that there's so much more that you died for and that we can have access to. And Lord, I pray that as we listen to the intimacy that Chris just has with you, Father, that that would be something that we hunger and thirst to cultivate in our relationship with you because we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Hey, you feeling good today, Patrick? I'm feeling great. Me too. I'm feeling so good. Um, I'm I'm actually, I, I'm feeling good because the Father actually is pleased. He has pleasure in me. He delights in me. And I have a scripture verse I want to share um, to kind of get us ready for uh, Chris's testimony. This is from Luke. Uh, this is Luke 12, 32. He says, do not be afraid, little flock. For your father is pleased to give you the kingdom. Other translations say, don't be afraid, little flock. It's your father's, it's it's my father's good pleasure to give mm-hmm. you the kingdom. Wow. Like, what does that mean? I, I I think it's 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 that that concept of inheritance. He wants to give us the kingdom. Okay, he's the king. He has the kingdom. He wants to give it to us. We're heirs of a kingdom. And it, it, he delights to give it to us, his children. And I, I, I think that... Um, there has to come a time in every person's life, every disciple's life, where there's a, a shift in how we see the Father from someone that we're supposed to work for to someone that we're supposed to work from, mm. from that place of love and intimacy. And uh, and Chris's testimony that we're going to be hearing is a lifestyle of seeking after the Father's heart. And it's not just one that like he casually did like, oh, that's a good idea. It's like it, it, we're, you're going to hear the story of a man that unless he did this, he's going to die. Like... I don't know uh, any other way to put it. It's very dramatic, but he's being pulled in such a direction that only the father can bring him salvation. Mm. Only the father can be- bring him freedom from the things that is being put uh, thrown into his life. And that from that place of salvation and freedom, you're going to see um, a lifestyle of, of encounter, a lifestyle of bringing that to other people. And so I think ultimately in terms of what we're doing with uh, encounter ministries is, uh, is that a, a lifestyle of intimacy with the father from which, fruitful ministry can flow. 
And we, I love the supernatural. I love it. Um, and I, I, we talk about healing a lot. And we're going to pray for healing at the end of the show because Jesus himself actually links the, the doctrine of forgiveness of sins to supernatural healing. And what do I mean by that, Dan? I'm talking about the, the paralytic in Mark 2. He lowered the, 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 the brothers lower the paralytic down and they, you know, Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And they, they start, uh, all the Pharisees, I love, if they're Pharisees on the show, come on, like, this is huge. He says, you know, they start gawking, and they're, they're like, how can this man forgive sins? And he said, so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins, I say to you, rise and walk. Yep. And so any confusion or doubt of Jesus' ability to forgive sins, he says, let me prove it to you by supernatural healing. So it's almost like, how do we know that Jesus can forgive sins because he healed the sick? And I think it's the same question today. How, how is modern man going to know that Jesus can forgive sins, which is the central doctrine of Christianity? True or false? True. True. Good answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus died for your sins. How do I know? He heals the sick. He did it 2,000 years ago, and he, he's going to do it today. Yeah. And if we're not about that, we're not going to be about evangelization, right? Yeah, we want to minister like Jesus did. And and I love that you're saying, are we ministering for the Father or from the Father? And just look at the lifestyle of Jesus. Was he ministering uh, for the Father or from? And you just see this radical intimacy that, that Jesus has with the Father, so much so that he calls him Abba, right? Abba. That there's this Daddy. there's this language of love and this intimacy that... that uh, it is what fuels his own ministry here on earth. And that's, that's what we're going to see and witness. I love, um, we're going to hear in Chris's story just this idea of the father not giving us, we, not finding our identity from the world, but finding our identity from the father, right? right. And I mean, you, you see this from the very start where you've got a man like Abram who, um, Abram. Yeah. And, and God comes to him and he says, no longer will you be called Abram, Abram but now you'll be Abraham. Ham. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's so interesting because there's a man who the world would say, you are barren, you are fatherless, you, you, you've borne no fruit and you are Abram. But now, God says, no, you will be the father of many nations. You will bear great fruit. More, more countless than the stars of the sky will be your descendants, and you will be called Abraham. You see how God the Father completely changes Abraham's view of himself and the way he's called to interact with the world. And, and that's what the Father wants to do for us, right? To, that if we just, if Abraham would have found his identity from the world, he would have viewed himself as a, a fruitless man for his whole life, right? And, and, and how could we fall into that ourselves unless we find our identity from the Father where the Father says, no, I have a different call for you, a different life for you, a different name for you. It's like uh, Abraham knew he was called to be a father. He was made for that. And the only way he could become what he was made to be was to be, first become a son. Exactly. And I think that's what ha- needs to happen. We need to become children. We need to become utterly reliant upon our father. We need to be sons so that we can become the mothers and fathers that, that he's called us to be. That's a good word. Generation. Hey, that's a good word. That's a good word. Thank you. We need Holy to become Spirit. sons and daughters. And, and you know, I want for the next, um, uh, I don't know, half hour or so for us to block out whatever's out uh, in the world. And, and it, uh, you know, because it's just natural. We try to get our identity from the world. We get business cards. We put down our title. You know, we go on to LinkedIn. And we, we're just always branding ourselves from the world's perspective, right? Uh, uh, for the next half hour, we just want us to receive an identity from the Father and yeah. let Him give His name to you as opposed to allowing the world to give a name to you. And testimony is so powerful. I mean, Revelation 19.10 
the witness to Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so when someone shares a witness of what it, what he's already done, then there's like there's a prophetic power that he can do it again in your life. So so in I I just I we've talked about that principle a lot on the show, but I want to say if you're desiring greater intimacy with the Father, um, to to bring you the transformation, the freedom that you're desiring in life, if you want more from Him, stay tuned and listen to to this next segment. It's going to be powerful because He can, He's going to do it again. I can, just know that. Can I give a homework assignment? Is that allowed on radio? I know. Is this a school? <laughs> has, has it been approved? <laughs> I want I want our listeners today. I want you to write down on, on the top of a, a piece of paper just who am I, Father. Who am I, Father? And just uh, over the course of this week, take that question to prayer and and write down whatever the, the Lord reveals to you, just so that the Lord is is shaping your identity of who you are, and that you're hearing and listening to His voice, and, and writing down a new identity, or if you will, uh, discovering your real identity so this good. week. So good. So that, that's the big thing. And, I, and another thing that we're going to be hearing from is... Um, that like we have the fullness of the kingdom. Like he wants to give us the kingdom. And what does that mean? Like, what do I have access to? I feel like, uh, in, in my life, um, and like coming to understand who I am as a son, it's like, you have access to the entire kingdom, but how much do you actually like know of the kingdom? It's kind of like if, if Dan, if you were to be, um, given this entire estate, like I always, my, my wife loves these British, um, dramas where like they own, miles and miles of land right uh you were to be given this in- entire estate but you haven't explored it all yeah like you don't know what you have available until you actually go out and explore it and i'm going to suggest to you that when jesus said things like uh if you believe in me you will do the works that i do and greater works i'm going to suggest to you that's actually part of your inheritance as a son to have access to supernatural power to do the ministry of jesus well what is the kingdom it's heaven, heaven, right? And so, yeah. so what he says Wait, is the father's is it food and drink. <laughs> no, no, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Yes, it's the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's the father's good pleasure to give you heaven and to see heaven here on earth, right? Like as it is, is yeah, yeah, is it, right. We we hear in the the our Father, and so so yeah, I love that idea uh, that we would see see more of the kingdom and discover new things. And so even if we're like, oh wow, I've uh, you know, I've been an on fire Catholic for a number of years, and I've been living my faith passionately, and I'm, I'm, I just, I, I've been discovering and learning so much. Uh, the Father has more. He has more. <laughs> he there always has more. More. Amen. And so, I, uh, Chris is like this. He's, you're going to hear, he's going to be discovering um, his his identity, and then from that, his inheritance. Because once we know who we are, once we know whose we are. We, we, then we kind of then we know like what we have to work with our our actual inheritance and that's to do the works of Jesus to do the ministry of Jesus and to spread the kingdom because we actually have access and and um and a share a participation in that so I'm I'm really looking forward to this um that's really good all right well let's take a break yeah We're, we do have to go to break I'm you're, sorry you're listening to Encounter the show that brings you the life changing encounters of ordinary people and launch them into lives of extraordinary mission we're going to be right back to hear this great life changing encounter with Jesus Christ have you heard about Church Pop it's the newest member of the EWTN family with new online Christian content that's fun and inspiring every day Find it on Snapchat, Instagram, and on the web at churchpop.com. Catherine Hadro. Every week, I get together with a team of pro-life experts to shine the light of truth on abortion, euthanasia, 
assisted suicide, and the culture of death. We'll help to inform you so you can become engaged in the pro-life movement. EWTN Pro-Life Weekly, more than a show, a call to action. EWTN Pro-Life Weekly with Katherine Hadro, Sunday morning at 1030 on EWTN Radio. Lauren Ashburn. I've always been pro-life, but have never been able to talk about it in the news. And now, not only do I share it internally, but I share it with a global audience. The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. Welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. And we have on the show with us... Encounter Ministry staff intern Chris Finneman. Welcome yeah, to the show, Chris! brother. Hey, thanks, Good guys. To have yeah. you. Like I said, listeners, um, so often, like Dan and I, we're, we're actually, we, we run ministries, and, and the ministry that I'm part of is Encounter Ministries. And, um, and Chris, you are on staff with us. So I'm really excited that you get to share uh, your testimony because uh, I, I spent a lot of time with this guy, and I'm really excited that. Uh, he has a chance to share with you what God's done in his life and to give you a snapshot of what happens with this ministry. So, Chris, tell us about, tell our listeners about your life, like growing up. What was your faith life like and your family? Go for it, man. Wow. Okay. So, I grew up in Fargo, North Dakota. And um, I would say that I was raised by a pretty um, average Midwest Catholic family. We, we loved the Lord, but it wouldn't be, I guess, a topic of discussion during dinner. Um, we would, um, pray before bed and pray before meals. But um, I was raised by a single mother um, whom I love a lot. We were very, very close and still are very close. Um, and uh, there was lots of struggles growing up, I guess, with just um, family, family ties and things like that. But um, I think one of the things that I remember the most um, being formative when I was a kid was um, my mom's health issues. Um, she, um, got really, really sick in about 2004 and she, um, needed a heart and double lung transplant, a heart and double lung transplant at once. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So she had heart problems growing up. And then as those kind of got worse, it affected her lungs Mm. because, you know, just naturally. Um, and that's, that's important to my story because that's what I remember being the origins of my prayers to God, that kind of a situation when you're nine or 10 years old, um, really forces you to start to ask bigger questions about Mm -hmm. life and who God is and who you are and how everything works. So, um, I just started to be really raw and real with God. Yeah. So, um, other than that, like, um, moving forward from that, she, she actually, she got her heart and double lung transplant and she's very healthy and, um, she's actually, um, she buzzes like a bee. She's a lot like me, actually, if you'll meet her ever. Mm. <laughs> um, but she's lives in, lives in North Dakota right now. Um, the next, the next part of my testimony that like really, um, I guess is a part of who I became is um, just in seventh grade is when I realized like the impact of not having a father and just realized that that wasn't um, good because up until that point I had realized that up or up until that point it didn't never it never occurred to me like that was I guess bad I knew that it wasn't normal but it was my normal and I didn't know anything different you know mm-hmm. what I mean yeah so um, in seventh grade I was like wow you know. I'm starting to ask a bigger question about what it is to be a man and like what manhood is and who I'm called to be. And um, I remember making this really raw prayer. I went to a private Catholic middle school and high school 
And I would always find myself in the chapel right before school started for about like 30 minutes. And I remember praying this prayer, and the prayer was, God, um, <laughs> this is my seventh grade Chris Finneman prayer. You can't take me fishing, and you can't like take me uh, to like play baseball or like all the normal things that I I think fatherhood is about. Um, but I need you to quote do your best to be my dad, like a physical father here on earth. And that was just like my prayer, and then mm-hmm. I let it go from there. And um, I'll never forget that day. I was just looking up at the crucifix. Um, that was the year that, um, I started to talk real and honestly with God about my attractions to the same sex too. Just realizing that was, I think, I don't know if I like directly related it to like the absence of a father, but I knew that there was something there. You know what I mean? Mm Um, yeah, it was a very powerful year for me. Um, one thing that I look back on just as like a beautiful grace, and this was just recent actually that I was just in time with God and really just, uh, he gave me the revelation about this grace that he gave me of faith when I was in seventh grade. Um, because my experiences with same sex attraction never directly contradicted who I believed God to be. I always knew that he was good. Um, I, I didn't, um, I guess it didn't, how, how do I want to say this? He was good, and I knew that was always true, but that didn't ever like diminish the reality of the struggles that I was going mm-hmm. through. It, mm-hmm. it was it was both beautifully balanced, you know what I mean? And so that's a beautiful grace, because I know that for so many people... That's, so you acknowledge that like that same-sex attraction was not good, like th- this is something yeah. you're struggling with, yeah. right? And so yeah. you're like, but you never put that on God. Yeah, okay. no, it was like, that's, you are still who you say you are. That's such that's an amazing, amazing grace. Yeah. yeah, I never realized that until recently, you know? I'm really grateful for it. Um... So I just, my, my mindset was, well, this is, this is a reality. And I was very well catechized, very, very well catechized. So I was like, this cannot change, I guess, how I live my life as a Catholic. Like I have to persevere in, in grace and in virtue. Um, so yeah, <laughs> um, dialoguing with God about that a lot. That's amazing, just that you went to, you were in the chapel a half hour before school, like in middle school and high school. That's yeah. just like crazy. I was very like, we went, I went on the secular retreat and um, the whole like outcome of the retreat was, you know, you can make an impact on the world mm. um, with every word um, and action that you have, either positive or negative. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be a world changer. So I started doing little things all the time, just like picking up trash and calling everyone by name at the school. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So my... <laughs> My my seventh grade religion teacher said, you know, like we we help souls get out of purgatory and go to heaven by you know, praying praying rosaries for them. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can impact <laughs> someone's soul. Yeah. So I started praying every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday um, a rosary. And I was like, well, I don't know any souls in purgatory, so this is just for a random soul. Wow, that's wild. <laughs> oh yeah, what I a powerful heart. Earned some 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 cool names for being in the chapel all the time, like chapel kid and preacher and all that stuff. Nice. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was very unique. <laughs> yeah. So, what 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 shifted? I mean, what did you have like? Um, how was your understanding of God in your life? I mean, you know, I know he was good, but w- did you have any? Did you ever feel like you had to earn approval from God? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, as much as all that was really beautiful, and there's really beautiful graces and revelations, um, my faith was still very regimented mm-hmm. and very um, ritualistic. Um, 
Yeah, it was there was so much striving just for like identity and approval and all of that. And I think it all like it like really hit me kind of like a brick wall um, towards the end of my eighth grade year when some of my friends, we were just hanging out at someone's house and they were like, hey, Chris, you're kind of like the Pharisees. Oh, they you said that they, the... they used that exact word. Wow. And I didn't really know how to respond. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I thank think... <laughs> you. <laughs> so I took a step back. Um, for the next like year and a half or two years, did they mean that as a compliment? Though? Oh no, yeah, yeah. no, they that, knew exactly like what they were saying. That's like a spiritual F word, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they knew H word. <laughs> <laughs> they knew exactly what they were saying, and um, I just had to hear that exact word. I don't yeah. think anybody else could have said anything except for my friends, and they knew exactly what to say. Yeah. So, yeah, I took ton of kind of two years and like reanalyze like what it is to have like healthy friendships in the faith and like how to interact with people. It's that's when I started to understand the reality of like, you can't love God and hate people. Mm. You can't love God and have a really bad relationship with other people in your life, Mm -hmm. you know, by, by your own doing, like you can't have a hard heart like towards other people and then like try to follow all these rules and love God at the same time. So, I mean, how did you break out of that? Like what was the first thing that, that happened that you would say that significantly impacted you? Well, I started like praying for my friends. I started praying for my friends and not, it was, I was still praying for souls in purgatory and doing like my, 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 my holy hours or whatever you want, my devotionals. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I think the, the actual like shift, like the big shift moment was at this music camp at St. Catherine's university in Minnesota um, I went to this music ministry camp for three years mm. and it was like lots of emphasis, obviously on like music ministry and like how you in- get involved with music and the liturgy at your church. But, um, there was very, very important moments of like inner, inner healing or, or it was like, um, learning how to just like love. There's mm. lots of it was at the core of the human person. Like you can sing, you can go up there and sing your Psalms and like lead the congregation and, and music and the liturgy. But if you don't have, um, a heart for God's people and learn how to love yourself and love God, love God's people, then it's all kind of for naught. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a huge shift. That's when I started to learn how to love myself, you know, and, and learn, and learn to love other people. Um, the big transformation of love, I think, during mm-hmm. those three summers. Yeah, that's amazing. I love, I love what you said uh, that you can't love God and hate people. Mm-hmm. The, the two just don't go hand in hand, and um, and God has to bring you healing, if you will, in order to to truly love His people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Powerful. So, Chris, is there a time like when when did you become like an intentional disciple? Like when did you make disciple. like a commitment to follow God? <laughs> okay, so my junior year, all up until this point, you know, I've obviously had lots of really um, big encounters with God and like all these graces and revelation. And my friend Natalie <laughs> invited me to this retreat, and I was like, oh, I'm a good Christian, I'm a good Catholic. Why why would I go on this retreat? I don't need to. <laughs> and she's just like, just come, it'll be fun. And I was like, all right. So I go, and um. I was extremely uncomfortable the entire time and um, no one, I didn't understand why until someone basically pulled me aside and and let me know like, Chris, you're out of your comfort zone. That's what this is. That's what this is called, a comfort zone and you're out of it. Anyways, it all culminated um, to one night in the chapel and I was just kind of proposed with all of this information that was given to me at this uh, retreat. And it was all just saying yes to God and handing over. It was surrender. It was a moment of surrender. Mm-hmm. That's what it all built up to. 
And so I found myself once again, just like in seventh grade, really speaking raw with God, just being like, you know, I don't feel like I can perceive you in any measurable way. I can't necessarily see your face or hear you the way that I understand right now in my life, but you want me to give my everything to you. How do I know that you are who you say you are and how do I like my, my futures and my plans? Like that's terrifying. That's terrifying. Um, but I was like, you know what, God, this is, this is the actual thought process. I said, God, I would rather live my life having you take care of everything and you being in control and living for you completely and seeming like a fool to everyone than living my life being in control and then at the end of my life finding out that you actually are real and you are who you say you are and 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 that um you really were that good so i was just like well god i give you everything i give you everything i give you my my dreams my hopes my plans my my everything and that's when i would i would say that i got baptized in the holy spirit um i started having like dreams and visions and um god i heard god's voice and for the first time in my life said like i want you to give me your heart and I was like, okay, God, I give you my heart. This is really funny. So <laughs> he goes, okay, I want you to actually like, I want you to lift your hands up. And I was like, but there's other people in the but chapel. my comfort zone. <laughs> there's other people in the chapel. What if they not see the me? That's, 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 not, that's not Catholic? What? <laughs> and so <laughs> he was like, but I, I want you to give me your heart. And I was like, okay, okay, God. So I like started to slowly move my hands up. It took me an hour to move my hands from my chest to full extension up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> if I was so, there, you would have done it in five seconds. <laughs> he would have. You would have just forced it. Yeah, I would have forced oh, it. Oh man, I was like, this is so uncomfortable. I could, you could see the tension on the inside yes. of my soul. <laughs> you know, I think it's so amazing though, because the body expresses what the heart uh, expresses often. You know, and so like when we close our cell, our bodies off, we're ac- accidentally almost closing our heart off, and so. While that's funny, it's actually, it's, it's so real at yeah, the same time yeah. that when we open our bodies and we're no longer afraid to express what our heart is communicating through our bodies, God does something. Mm-hmm. He does. That's real. I believe that. And I think God's actually right now kind of in the midst of restoring us to like a, a, a more fuller sense of worship. Yeah. yeah. Um, like when, when I read Psalms, there's all of these depictions of the people of god like being instructed to to shout their hand to shout before the lord to clap their hands to dance before the lord because this is good and pleasing it ministers to him and for so long we've been in this like i don't know if you call it a rut or or whatever it is where we're just going through the motions like that but i feel like as god's called us into the new evangelization right and now we're learning we've talked about that there needs to be a new Pentecost to fuel that new evangelization. I think part of that new Pentecost is like learning how to be free and childlike in our worship again. Well, and this is actually very Catholic. I mean, because we make all these Catholic jokes all the time about like Catholic uh, aerobics, you know, like stand up, sit <laughs> yeah. down, kneel, stand up, sit down. We The reason we're standing up, sitting down, or kneeling is always intentional in the liturgy. And so our we're trying to communicate with our bodies what our soul is supposed to be communicating or is, is invited to communicate to God. And so... Uh, so we just want to open that to to more communication with our bodies, right? Yeah, yeah. Like more more of a freedom and all of that. Yeah, that's really so, good. so Chris, this, that's really yeah. Good. Sorry, this story is incredible. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for sharing. Okay, so so then you had this this encounter. I know that you went to University of Mary mm-hmm. after high school. Yep, and that you went into seminary. Like, why? What led you to seminary? You went to Sacred Heart Major Seminary. Mm-hmm. Okay, what was that process like? So in my mind, and I think this was this was kind of like a seed from seventh grade. It was like, well, the best way to become a saint is to become a priest. That's like the thought of um, me as a seventh grade boy 
Catholic young boy. Yep. Um, and so I think a little bit that was still a little bit of that was still in my mind. So I, I graduate high school, and um, but I was in this kind of um, <laughs> non-committal kind of state where I was like, I love God and I love the church and I love His people, but being a priest is a little bit too much um, commitment. So I'll just be a missionary. Everyone loves missionaries, right? <laughs> so I go and I try to study most like godly things that I liked. So I went and studied sacred music, Catholic studies, those things, pastoral ministry. And um, um, it took some years after that freshman year just to do ministry, um, to go out into the world and actually do it. Because I think I heard someone say, and it's it's really um, famous theologian, I forget his name, but he said, there's a difference between um, studying the moon, looking at it, and actually being on the moon. Mm-hmm. Do you know who that is? I forget. Mm-mm. But... And I, that just really struck me. And I was like, you know, I'm really tired about reading about the new evangelization. So I'm just going to go do it. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's so, so good to study. But I just, I, I was very not having it. Anyways, so after a few years of ministry, I said, well, I think I should just go give it a try. Like, why not? I'll go give seminary a try. So um, I went, I applied and I went with the Diocese of Fargo and... Uh, I loved seminary. It was it was a really powerful experience. It was really really good discernment. It was actually really. And boring. who was your spiritual director? Who was my spiritual director? A man by the name of <laughs> Matthias. Father, Father Matthias, Matthias Balin. <laughs> he, who, who, he he's the uh, senior leader of Encounter Ministries, yes, he is. and that's how we got connected. Yep, he lived the floor above me, and I made frequent trips up there. <laughs> yep. Dun, uh, dun 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 dun. So. Yeah, we ha- we have a great relationship. He's such a good father and a, a great friend of mine. Um, really, really, really um, important to just my formation last year um, at Sacred Heart Seminary, and lots of the other guys too. So, although I, I loved it, um, God made really clear like the desires of my heart and and the dreams that I had for my life. And um, it's actually funny. Um, I can't to this day tell you which one it was. I think it was both. It was in my in my interior life. It was God's voice, but also um, I think Father Matthias might have said this to me um, that Chris, you don't need to wear a Roman collar to bring revival. Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and I was like, really? Like, it's just, and it seems so simple, right? Like, it seems like something that you would just think, but that just opened up this cage that was in my mind. And it just totally brought me lots of freedom. And so um, at the end of the year, I was like, all right, God, like, what do you want to do? And I just had no idea. I was living and working in, back in North Dakota. And then, yeah, now I'm here. So how, how did you get here? <laughs> how What's the get- story? Do you want to share our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, I was actually, there's a backstory to it. I was praying with someone earlier that, earlier this past summer and I received a word from the Lord and they said, you know, I, I just feel like July 14th is going to be a really big day for you. You know, I received that for what it was. Um, I have a, I have a devotion to St. Kateri Tekakwitha and, um, that's her feast day. And so I was like, oh, well, you know, that's great. You know, St. Kateri's with me. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, moving forward towards kind of that date, July 14th, um, I've been kind of dialoguing with some people in California and also uh, I bet I called Patrick, you Patrick, and like um, just kind of was talking about my different options and stuff like that. And um, I think the finalization of just kind of like what what was going to happen was actually on July 14th. And, I, and like that, that whole story is really cool. I, I remember talking with Patrick on that day um, and... Um, just 
in our friendship, just kind of being like, what, where does God want to bring me? And he just, you just invited me to, to move out here and to start this, start like working for this ministry. Mm. And, um, I think the words you actually used were, I think you're going to find your tribe down here. Yep. And I don't know if that's like usual to your language, but that meant a lot to me because of St. Kateri, you know, like her, a lot of her stories, finding her tribe in Canada. Um, and so it's just, it's really cool because the story is finding where you belong. Mm-hmm. And so um, it hit me later that night. I looked at a calendar and it said July 14th Saint, in St. Kateri. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to find my tribe. I'm moving to Columbus. So I just wanted to bring a revival. I just wanted to um, tangibly be in the trenches of what we call the new springtime of the church mm-hmm. and just do it. So can you tell our listeners some stories? So Chris has been uh, working with Encounter Ministries. We do uh, School of Ministry. We have uh, conferences that we do all over the country and now even international stuff too as well. So Chris, what are what are some stories that can get, you can give our listeners a snapshot of what your life is like with what we do. All right. So I believe it was exactly 24 hours after I moved here. Um, I was like, all right, I'm an intern for Encounter Ministries. Here we go. <laughs> and I was just, I was just <laughs> walking. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and it's just like learning what internship with Encounter was day by day. And I remember walking down the street and I saw this, this man sitting and he had a cardboard sign, you know, and he was just looking for help and some, some money. And I remember like seeing him and like being convicted in my heart and then walking like a yard past him and then stopping in my tracks and be like, Chris, why did you move here? Like you moved here for one reason. You moved here to just step in to just like radical ministry for God. And so I was like, all right, well, here we go. So I turned around and introduced myself. Um, And so just my story with that is um, I just became like really good friends with this guy. I just sat down and talked with him. It wasn't like I was trying to see him as like a project mm-hmm. or um, go and like love with some kind of agenda, yep. you know, get him registered at a parish or something. But I just, I just wanted to like see him as a person. And we just had a conversation for about an hour and um, I just ministered to him um, and prayed with him. And um, I gave him, I ended up giving him, I had a tent in my trunk and like a pillow just so he could like sleep somewhere. And, um, the reason I'm bringing that up with internship is just because um, it's being the hands and feet of Jesus. It's like ministering from the Father's heart. You know, it's sometimes it looks supernatural and sometimes it looks very ordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I love that story. And to this day, like sometimes I'll see this man and uh, we're still really good friends and we talk and I've got to minister to him numerous times. Um, so it's just kind of a testament of relational ministry here with Encounter. Um been to that. Yeah, and that kind of transitions into my next story. Actually, um, we we went to Benedictine College in uh, Atchison, Kansas, and um, I, I wanted to tell a story just because it really made a mark on me. Well, and t- I think, what, what, what do we do there? Can you give the context? Yeah. Okay. So we we went to Benedictine College to put on a healing school, and so like all Saturday we had lots of different talks and and activations and um, activities basically to teach. I think it was about a hundred. 125. 125 yeah. students just to kind of step into healing ministry. Um, and it was really, really great. And so that's one of the things we do here at Encounter um, is go to different different places and just kind of train up the people locally um, so they can start to walk in the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Um, this was incredibly amazing. Uh, towards At the end of the day, you know, we had all of our talks and we had a healing, we had a mass and then a time of adoration and worship and then a healing service. And... Um, this father brought his child up. This was very, very um, beautiful. And this child had 
just a laundry list of things wrong and like a underdeveloped brain and um the doctors didn't give her very much um time to live mm. and um Patrick, you invited all the students, and it was almost a packed church. I invited all the students to come up and pray for this child's healing. I don't remember. She was so, so little. Mm-hmm. Like, you could hold her just with barely any effort. And there was just just a crowd of students, of college students, um, on the verge of tears and also crying, um, just praying over the, not only this father, but this, this baby and their whole situation and their circumstance. And it was just a huge testimony of ministering from the Father's heart that sometimes it is it is this this radical boldness and, and this and this passion and this zeal and it's all of that, but ministering from the Father's heart is so incredible. And it was just such a, a beautiful moment for this whole group of people to kind of have broken hearts like the Father has a broken heart mm-hmm. for this father and for their child. Um, and that, that changed me um, to learn... Um, to love God's people the way that he loves them and have a heart for them like he does. Um, and so that was just an incredible experience. Um, but the next one, the next story I guess I have is, um, is, is one of those like, whoa, crazy Holy Spirit, supernatural kind of moments. So me and uh, another fellow intern were just praying for words as we're going out to do ministry. Like, God, who do you want to send us to? Give us images, give us words. Can you explain that to our listeners who don't know what, what this is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, before we go out and do ministry, it's so important to, to listen. And, and actually, let, let, let me, let me, let me cut in a little bit. We do a lot of administration. We do a lot of conferences. But a, a, what, what we want to do is impact our city. And so we'll send teams out to do like prophetic evangelization and just love on the people in our city. So Chris is talking about that element right there. So you're praying for words. That means like, what, what does that mean? We're praying for, for God to basically lead us in our ministry. Give us, give us some direction. Give us um, either like an image of someone's face or, or their name or um, any, any scripture or any way that he wants to direct our ministry as we go out. Um, and so we're just praying ahead of time and she receives this image of kind of like a middle-aged woman, um, with like short bobbed hair. And she said that she could see the, see the, see this lady pretty, pretty detailed. Um, but that, that was about it. And so we, we went around and did ministry that day, but we never ended up finding, um, this person that, that might fellow intern saw in, in her prayer. So we, we ended up ministering to people on this beautiful day. <clears throat> But then we kind of parted ways and we're going back to our houses. And I get a text later from her that said, you'll never believe what happened. <laughs> I stopped at the gas station and a little pre like a little thing that's important to the story is that about 24 to 48 hours before this, um, she had lost her wallet. And so she, she gets to this gas station and um, she's going in. And she sees this this lady working at the front counter, and it's the it's, it's exactly that lady that she saw in her prayer. And so she was ecstatic. She was like, "Oh my goodness, this is perfect!" And um, she she's talking to this lady, and this lady has like really bad kidney pain. And so she's praying with her, and the, the kidney pain leaves. This this gas station clerk is in tears as she's in, at her job, <laughs> and she's just getting really really uh, hit by God. She's having an encounter with God in that moment, and then. Uh, she looks to the right 
my fellow intern looks to the right and sees her wallet to the right of this lady. She said, uh, I found this wallet on the ground earlier today. And then Hannah opens it up and it's, it's her, it's her ID. It's like everything. <laughs> and, <That's> wild. <laughs> and it's just, I, it was amazing. It was amazing. She was texting us and calling us. She was freaking out like, this is amazing. Like, this is what I moved here for. Like, <laughs> it was great. Um, so that's just kind of like a little like snippet into our daily life. That's so good. I love it. So we're, you know, we're, we're going out, we're blessing our city, we're doing conferences, um, and we're just, we're, we want to equip Catholics to, to walk in the power and love of the Holy Spirit in your daily life. And this can be a reality. But Christopher, one thing you, uh, we don't have a whole lot of time left, but you had talked about how you, you did deal with, um, homosexual attraction. Mm-hmm. How's that, how's that struggle that's something that you, that God's come in and helped transform? Yeah. So in the past years, like God, has just kind of rewritten me and I've been able to experience this. Um, sometimes what it feels like kind of like a slow and agonizing process, but also very quick, um, at the same time. And so he's been teaching me a lot. Um, I think what the first kind of breakthrough that started was when I went to University of Mary. Um, it was the first time in my life that I was surrounded with brothers that really just kind of helped me step into what holy masculinity is and what um, Catholic manhood is and taught me like really basic things like what is, what is holy hour? What is devotion to our lady? That's when that started too. Um, and just kind of basically did life with me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so just being formed as a man, that's when that really, really started. Um, and also that's when I started to let, um, the father minister to the place that I kind of been hiding uh, regarding homosexuality, homosexuality, but also regarding the absence of a father going into those deep places in my heart. I'm letting him be a father in that way. So the father helped bring healing to this wound. Absolutely. Where that, 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 conflict and that struggle has kind of originated right so there's nothing he can't do nothing. is there yeah <laughs> he's he's so good he's, he's not a like good dad i i i i have a tough time um i mean we we've got to cover this topic uh now a few times but uh dan i mean what, what would you add to that no i just want to i love the phrase that you said um that the father has rewritten you uh, can you just proclaim because you know who you are right mm-hmm. and could you proclaim kind of the identity that the father has 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 spoken to you in your life yeah that my my, my manhood and, and my identity my sonship comes directly from him every single day and from no one else and from that there's no room for striving there's no room for trying to prove my manhood trying to prove my identity to anyone else and so that's that's basically just what it's been. And if I could wrap it up in one thing, it would just be the Father's delight. That's what I would like proclaim is that what what changed me and rewritten me and renewed my mind is the Father's delight. Um, just the smile and the approval that comes from Him. It's so good. So it's like, uh, you know, um, same-sex attraction is like a struggle in the heart. And I feel like um, how often do you hear talks about allowing the Father, the author of our hearts, to actually rewrite our hearts? I mean, this is something that I think we need to pray into maybe yeah. um, in, in, a, in a deeper way. And I, th- I think we should just do it right now. Let's so, do it. Chris, can you lead our prayer over our listeners right now? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father God, you are so good. I thank you. I thank you so much for um, all of the hearts that are listening. I thank you for how good you are. I thank you for the way that you've blessed them and written them, God, how intentional you are with every single detail, you know, every fiber of their being, God. I thank you, God, that no one, nothing is a mistake, God. 
I thank you, God, that you don't regret making anybody. And I just pray, God, that uh, anyone listening that not only just struggles with identity, maybe homosexuality, um, or earning approval, God, that you that you just fill up the room that they're in right now, God, mm-hmm. and that they feel your presence on every fiber of their being, God, and feel your delight, God. I want them to feel your delight, because God, in your delight, there's there's no striving, and there's no there's no legalism, there's no trying to earn your love, God. I just pray for breakthrough, God, for anyone struggling with same sex attraction, God. I pray for uh, revelation of identity. I pray. I pray for a new epiphany, God, that they understand Jesus, that they come to meet and encounter Jesus. And I pray, Jesus, I just come against loneliness and isolation and separation. Mm-hmm. So good. I just you, come into a complete agreement with all those things. And in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just feel called to, to break off the lie that this is a struggle that um, you or a loved one, a family member, is going to have to endure and be victim to because we are not... Uh, the sum of our feelings. Yep. Our feelings are not do not determine our identity, but God, your heart can transform uh, our hearts and actually give us a new heart. So, Lord, I pray that you give new hearts and that there be a yes, breakthrough Jesus. in those uh, in that struggle of of those feelings. So, Lord, we just bless everything that you're doing mm-hmm. right now and our listeners of all those people that are being prayed for right now. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Encounter, a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, EWTN Radio, aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We're going to take a break, uh, but when we come back, we're going to hear some more. So stay tuned, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Now there's a fast and easy way to get in touch with EWTN. The EWTN Everything Number. Call 1-800-447-EWTN to get the latest information on programming, special events, pilgrimages, and more. Our EWTN Family Viewer Services representatives are ready to help you with whatever your needs may be. The EWTN Everything Number. 1-800-447-EWTN. EWTN. EWTN. Teaching the truth. I have wanted to thank you so very much. Thank God. Thank God you guys are here for us. Believe it. I just can't believe all that you've done and how you've stuck with it. Many times when I think I can't do something, I think about some of the things that you've talked about. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Welcome back to Encounter, the show that brings you the life-changing encounters of ordinary people that launch them into lives of extraordinary mission. Dan, that was that was incredible. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, 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 Chris has a well. Number one is laughter and his joy. Just like I think, just gives joy, right? And I think that's such a a beautiful thing. But just the raw understanding and intimacy with the Father is a beautiful thing to witness. I know, like I, I, I like going to the break after we were praying, and I, I hope everyone's still like just shook by that and, and rocked. Um, it's it's really that I, I don't think until I've heard that Chris's story and then the way that he did that, I don't ever think I've thought about or even prayed into how um, allowing the Father's heart into my heart in the Holy Spirit, he can actually rewire. He can actually, his intimacy and his love can actually reshape the things that, that I have. And I mean, how often are we holding God at bay or we're trying to fix ourselves? Um 
what would you have to say about that? Like, what do we need to do as a people? Um, I, you know, I think we've 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 lost sight of real Pauline theology and anthropology, right? Like Saint Paul, he says, like, whoever is in Christ is a new creation. Mm-hmm. Behold, the old things have passed away, and new things have come. And that's like that. And that just is all through the New Testament. This idea that when when I am in Christ, I am a new creation. The old has passed away. Jesus says, "Behold, I make." All, All things, things new. new. It's just, it's so beautiful and it's not poetry. It's real. Like this is, like Jesus wants to transform us, rewire us, redefine us, re- remake us, you know, and give us, uh, or as Chris said, rewrite us, right? That the, the, There's a new identity that we find in and through Christ. Yeah. And we don't have to do like, uh, when, we, when we're in the Father's heart, we don't have to, I don't know, do anything from a place of duty. And in the sense of like, oh, I have to do this or else dad's going to get mad at me. Like that's so much, I think, the mindset that we can get trapped in, in our, in our faith, especially if we've, if we've been living in our whole life. But what if we went from a place of like, oh my gosh, he's so good. I, I see from heaven's perspective now because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm reclining on his heart. Mm. And I feel like the, to be, if there's an image for what it ha- means to be tapped into the heart of the father, it's that image of, I think, John, the beloved disciple, on the, the bosom of Jesus at the Last Supper. He's hearing his heartbeat. He's leaning back into God. Mm. And and then from that place of, like, leaning back, as Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Um, like, he's he's in communion with the, with the Father. So I feel like um, for, uh, if, if I were to sum this, this show up, it's kind of like, we have to go from, the, there's this movement from leaning back into the Father on the bosom of, of Jesus. And then from that, we get like refreshed. We get, we get greater anointing. We hear his voice and then he calls us forth. We can't stay there. We're, we're not made to stay on the mountain. We're not made to make tents, right? Mm. We're, we're, then we have to lean forward. And I love, like Jesus said in, in Matthew eleven twelve, I believe he said, you know, the kingdom of God is being taken by the violent. The violent are taking it by force. Yeah. And so you got to go out and you're like, the kingdom's mine. I'm, I'm bringing it here. I'm claiming this family. I'm claiming this ministry. I'm claiming this territory. And we're going to go forth. And then you go out and you fight and you take the kingdom and you evangelize and then you get beaten up, right? <laughs> so you got to lean back. And you so I feel like back. there's this leaning back and this leaning forward. And That's it's beautiful. this rhythm. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Can I share a story? No, 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 no story. No, I'm just joking. Of course, (laughs) so so one time I'm driving and I'm listening to a a talk from one of our encounter radio. No, I (sighs) wasn't listening to our own show. Uh, But but there's just this, uh, you know, this beautiful reality where the the um, the speaker is talking about how we don't want to. We just need to have such a deep intimacy with the Father that uh, the world's opinion of us doesn't matter, right? Mm -hmm. That we we've discovered our, our our we've discovered the Father's opinion of us so deeply and so richly that that's the only opinion that matters, and uh just uh, as i was reflecting on that just the whole world disappeared and it was like uh the spirit just poured the father's love out and like i'm driving on the middle of a highway so you got baptized so, in the holy so, spirit so like the holy right? spirit's like coming down and i'm like oh man i had to pull over it's so like i pull over and just like the holy spirit comes and like i'm just like weeping as the father's love is poured out right and um and i think the the father wants and this wasn't like i had been following the lord for years you know and like 
it just there's always more, right? We said there's always more, and the Lord's always revealing more. And God was just saying, "Hey, Dan, I want the world to disappear for you, and I I just want you to experience the fullness of the kingdom, which is me, right?" And I'm just like receiving all of Him, uh, and, and it was just really amazing. And I I think that's that leaning in that mm-hmm. allows us to to not um, get burnt out. So good. Now I, we don't. We only have a little bit of time left. I, I know we love to stop and pray, and every once in a while, um, we get words of knowledge for healing. And if, if listeners, you don't know what that means, it's simply we're, the, we're we're getting a sense the Holy Spirit actually wants to heal particular people with particular conditions. And so um, during Chris's talk, the Lord uh, the Lord actually started showing me people that he was talking about someone getting healed of kidney pain, and I got the sense that he actually wants to heal people with kidney problems right now. And I also got the sense too that there are people with uh, that have been having severe migraines and that you don't know where they came from. And we just want to pray for you right now. So we're going to do that and then we're going to pray for the Father's love just to fill you guys right now. So if you're dealing with any of those issues or anything related to that, we just want you to receive. You don't have to pray for yourself. And if 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 not, just intercede for anyone that's dealing with that, okay? Mm-hmm. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you want, that you, it's your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And God, I thank you for healing um, kidney pain right now. So in the name of Jesus, we bind uh, anyone dealing with, with uh, kidney pain or any kidney related issues, um, kidney failure, um, kidney stones. Lord, I ask you just to, to come, come and let your Holy Spirit minister to those. We just uh, declare healing, freedom over kidney pain right now. And in the name of Jesus, I speak to anyone that's dealing with um, migraines and any kind of um, head-related trauma. I say, be healed in the name of Jesus. If there's any evil spirits that are behind those, we can we bind you and we actually ask you to go to the foot of the cross in the name of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit asks you to come and to anoint the brain. I ask you to anoint uh, the minds that the peace of God would surpass that surpasses all understanding would guard their hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, and we pray for the love of the Father. Yeah, and Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus uh, for healing to take place on any right ankle that's uh, just wounded right now. Lord, we pray for healing of the bones, the ligaments, the tendons in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just pray that your, the, that your blessing, the Father's blessing, would fall upon all of our listeners who fall upon their, their minds, their hearts, their, their ankles, Lord, upon their whole being. Without reserve, fill them up, Father, with your blessing and your love. Redefine their existence. We pray this in Jesus' Jesus name. name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Encounter. Encounter is a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio, EWTN Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And if any of our listeners were receiving prayer for any of those words of knowledge that we had, uh, we really encourage you to let us know and to share your testimony because there is power in testimony. We've already had amazing um, testimonies of people that have been healed through the prayers on our show and because there is power in prayer. So I, I, I'm praying that, that there continues to be a flood of evidence of, of God's miracles continuing to work. Yeah, we just want to thank you all for listening to Encounter Radio and to, to share your stories with us and your testimonies with us or to learn more about our show, you can visit EncounterRadio.org. That's EncounterRadio.org. We pray that today God will reveal himself in newer and deeper ways in your life. 